It's interesting that in the spirit realm, there's seasons just like there are in the natural realm. You know, you've got winter, spring, summer, fall. I grew up in Michigan, and the seasons are very well-defined, you know. When autumn gets there, the trees start changing up in Michigan, and we get all these colors. I mean, this last autumn, we had a really nice uh, fall here in the Mid-Cities area because it got cold gradually. You know, normally in Texas, it's either hot or cold, right? And it's hot, 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 cold! And then all the trees die and turn brown, and you don't have the orange and yellow and red and, you know, the, the cool colors like, like I grew up with up in Michigan, which that usually happens every year up there. It's just beautiful. And how many of you are from somewhere where that happens? It, in the fall, it just really gets gorgeous. Okay, and so, you know, even though it's so neat, it's because everything's, like, dying and going dormant for the winter. And sometimes in the spirit realm, you go through these seasons, you know, like where things are really popping, they're happening, they're coming alive. And then you go through maybe a season where, you know, things heat up. And then you go through a season where old things kind of die off. And it's kind of a weird season in your life spiritually. And then you go through kind of a dormant season sometimes where you're doing all the Christian stuff, you know, you're, you're reading the Word, you're praying, you're hanging in there, but it just doesn't seem like, wow, everything's coming alive and everything's happening. Well, you need to realize and understand that there's seasons in the, in the Spirit, you know? I mean, I, I know a lot of you, especially seniors graduating from high school, you, you, go, you have this whole world in high school. You know, it's, it's got this set of friends, it's got this kind of a schedule, this kind of a format, and you've been doing this for 12 years or 13 years, and all of a sudden, that's done. That chapter in your life is over. And if you don't really watch it, you can slip into some areas of, you know, where you're feeling down, when you're feeling kind of bummed, when it's over. It's like when you're in the, the big play, you know, at school, or you're in the swim team, or the football team, and when the season's over, it's like that was so much a part of your life, and now it's done, and you're not around those people every day, and it just gets weird. You've got to learn how to handle those changes in your life so that you can be geared up and ready to go, no matter what the spiritual season is in your life. And the, tonight's message really is along the lines of, of this change that we're going into. We're going into summer, and normally the typical reaction is, oh, it's summer, okay, relax, don't have to do so much, kind of chill out, and be outside more, you know, go do stuff with your friends, and that's all good, and that's fine. But don't get into that mode spiritually along with the natural. Because if you do, what you'll do is miss out on some things God wants to do. It's not a time in the spirit to lay back. It's a time to press in. Even if you're not feeling like things are popping and coming alive, and, it, and maybe it doesn't feel like springtime when everything's happening and everything's, you know, doing great and, and blossoming for you. But you know what? It, it is a time to get in there and to press into God like you've never pressed in before and to make some changes and to make some adjustments. And I think this right here in, in Revelation chapter 3 kind of outlines it, starting in verse 1, Revelation 3, verse 1 and 2. He says this, And to the angel of the church of Sardis write, These things says he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works, that you have a name, and that you are alive, but you are dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die, for I have not found your works perfect before God. Now, let me tell you a little bit about the church at Sardis, just a second. The church of Sardis was a dead church in the ancient capital of the kingdom of Lydia, 
and of King Croesus, who issued the first gold coins. Here it represents a decadent city of luxury, apathy, and licentious religiosity. Okay, now, typically Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex has been that way. I mean, Dallas is known for money. I mean, if there's an industry that typifies Dallas, it's banking and finances. And that same kind of thing has tried to, uh, that same kind of identity has tried to attach itself to ministries to the point to where there's been attacks on certain ministries, and those ministries have had major adjustments and, and falling out and, you know, people leaving churches and stuff like that because of uh, attacks from people who don't know what they're talking about on churches that maybe emphasize prosperity or, you know, something along those lines. But let me tell you what, prosperity is of God, just like healing is of God, just like salvation is of God. And if you don't believe it, then read your Bible again, all right? Because everybody that, that you see that walked with God got blessed. You say, well, what about Jesus? Jesus walked, yeah, he had it made. He had 12 full-time disciples that he took care of them and their families financially while they were on the road with him. Not only that, but he ordained 70 others and sent them out. Well, he didn't send them out empty-handed. He took care of those guys. I mean, when, when he was on the cross, his coat that he wore, his jacket, was so expensive they gambled for it. Now, this is not a guy who walked around poor all the time, like the movies show you, okay? I mean, if you've ever known anybody who was Jewish, you realize they believe in the blessings of Abraham, and Jesus was Jewish. And he walked in these blessings. I mean, at one time when there were 5,000 people to feed besides women and children, estimated up to 40,000 people there who were hungry, hadn't eaten in a couple of days, Jesus said, come on, disciples, you feed them. And the disciples said this, where would we go and buy this much food? They had the money, they just didn't have a restaurant or a grocery store. Now, do you have enough money in your pocket right now to feed 40,000 people? Jesus did, okay? So don't look at Jesus as some poor guy, all right? So I, I just wanted to kind of toss that in there. Prosperity is of God, just like healing, just like salvation. It's of God. God wants you to be blessed so that he can use you to bless other people, okay? That's a given. That's in there. All right, now, God doesn't want greed and lust to take over, though. Matthew 6.33 is very clear. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things that you need are going to be added to you. Jesus sought first the kingdom of God. Everything he needed was added to him. Okay? So you've got to realize that. I'm trying to apply this, though, to the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex because something's got to happen here. Young people, something's got to happen here. This thing has got to explode and if we don't press in, it's not going to explode like God wants it to, okay? And if everybody does their part in pressing into God, you know, pray a little harder, read the Word a little more, walk around with the Word of God on your lips and in your mouth all day long, it's going to make a difference in your life. See, summertime, most of the time with many young people, is a time when they fall into sin. They don't have anything to do. They're sitting around watching soap operas all day. And Charlie loves Jeannie, and Jeannie loves Frank, and, you know, it's like, puke, what is all this garbage? You know, just sitting there watching all day long, yes, yes, oh, oh, yeah, kiss him. And it's like, oh, gross. 
And so, you know, if that's on your mind all day long, you're going to have opportunities, you know, potentials that are going to happen around you. Am I saying it's wrong to kiss a girl? No, I'm not saying it's wrong to kiss a girl. But you know what? You don't need to spend 24 hours a day thinking about that. True? See? I mean, if you seek first the kingdom of God, then all these things are going to be added to you. I need a wife. I need a wife. I need a wife. Seek God. And he'll give you one. I mean, a good one, the right one. Now, if you're 12, don't worry about it, okay? Come on. Give it a rest. A bunch of Elmer Fudds out there. Hunting, we will go. You know, it's like, quit it. You don't need a wife now. You know? But it, he outlines the stuff here. In, in this area, is much like this church. See? Uh, a decadent city of luxury, apathy, and licentious religiosity. This is a religious town. I mean, this is like the buckle uh, of the Bible Belt right here. Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. And you know what? On the day at Pentecost, you know where God moved? In Jerusalem, the religious capital of the world. And you know where God wants to move again today? Right here. In the middle of the religious capital of the world with a bunch of non-religious people just like you. You want it to happen? I do. So there's a lot of luxury here, there's a lot of apathy here, and there's a lot of religiosity here. The only way that's going to change is if you do your part to change it and not be that way and just kind of break through in the spirit realm, uh, break through those strongholds that try to press down on you. Because a lot of your problems aren't you. They're the area you live in. I'm not saying you're not responsible for some of the things that, that go on, but you know what? We could be responsible for the revival that God wants to bring. That'd be a cool thing, rather than be responsible for the things staying the way they are forever. If it's going to change, we're going to have to change it. True? I mean, this generation has got to rise up and make happen what God wants to happen. He gives you a couple of things here. Number one, he says, be watchful. Okay? He says, I know your works. He says, the first part of verse 2, he says, be watchful. Now, what is he talking about there? He's talking about keeping your eyes open and being aware of what's going, around, going on around you. Okay, check it out. Uh, how many of you have ever been depressed before? You felt depressed. How many of you have ever felt lonely before? Okay. Do you know what that is? Is it God? No. Is it the devil? Mm, maybe. Is it you? It's probably you and the devil. You know? You can't blame everything on him. But you know what? He came to steal, kill, and destroy. If it has anything to do with stealing, killing, and destroying, it's from the devil. He's the thief. Okay? Um... To be watchful means to be able to recognize those kinds of things when they try to come against you. The battleground is up here, all right? The battleground is up here. And what you do, well, it's here too in your emotions, but it's in your soul realm. That's where the battleground is. When the enemy comes against you, he puts pressure on you to try and make you respond and react to him instead of to God, okay? What, is, what does the Bible say? The joy of the Lord is your strength. So if you need strength, if you need the ability to rise up against some pressure that's coming against you, it's going to come from the joy of the Lord. Now, now some of you, in order to, to battle this, you're going to have to be watchful and discerning in order to catch it before it brings you down. Wouldn't it be horrible to end up at the end of the summer less spiritual than you are right now? You know? I mean, that'd be awful. 
Wouldn't it be awesome that by the time, you know, August rolls around, you are just breathing fire. I mean, it's like lightning's coming out of your nostrils for God, you know. Yeah! Hallelujah! You saved? You know, I mean, you're just walking around just a dynamo for God. That doesn't happen by you just deciding, I'm going to be bold for the Lord. Do you know Jesus? That's not how it happens. It happens by filling yourself up with him so that all that comes out of you is more of him. See? That's how that happens. In order to be able to ward off these pressures and attacks of the devil, you've got to be watchful. In other words, you go home tonight. You know, it's, you know we sing, we dance before the Lord, we just get excited about God. You go home, what's going on? You walk into your room, what's going on? I mean, what's happening in you? You sit down on the edge of your bed, what's happening there? You know, you sit down and you go, nobody said hi to me. I'm so alone. When you're in your bedroom, what did you want, a party? You know, I mean, come on. But you're sitting there, you got, being watchful means you're aware of these kinds of opportunities that the devil would try to take advantage of you in. You sit down and this, this kind of, oh, I wonder if I have any friends at all. Those are lies of the devil trying to get you down. That's a lie. Or you sit down on the bed and, I'm ugly. That is straight from the pit of hell. Because there isn't one ugly person in here. None of you are ugly. All of you are so awesome. I'd marry all of you if I could. Except you guys. <laughs> Don't get excited. Okay. But that's the truth. I mean, if the devil's telling you you're ugly, you just go stand in front of a mirror and have a talk to yourself. You are awesome. Yeah. I'm serious. You know, you are more than a conqueror and you were created to conquer these pressures. You were created to conquer depression and loneliness. You were created to conquer the lies of the enemy. But you've got to be watchful in order to do it. See? You sit down on the edge of the bed, condemnation tries to come on you. I'm not spiritual enough. By the way, Ryan, stand up. Ryan is the winner of our Wave Maker of the Month for May and our, our young person won. Terry Brown, Terry Brown, stand up. Terry Brown is our adult wave maker of the month for the month of May. So keep those wave makers, she's coming. Okay, so you go home, you sit on the edge of your bed. I didn't fill out my wave maker sheet. I must not be saved. I must be lost. That's condemnation, and that's from the devil. Okay? And, and, but if you're watchful, you discern those things. You, you pick them up. You go, wait a second. That's not producing joy. That's not producing uh, love. That's not producing peace in my life. If it's not producing those three things in your life, it's not from God. Should you do better? Yeah, you should do better, but you should do it in the spirit of encouragement. Here's what the devil says. You didn't do good and you never will. Here's what the Lord says. You blew it, so what? Dust yourself off. Come on, let's do better. That's the difference between the two voices. See? And the devil's stuff has pressure on it, and the Lord's stuff has encouragement in it. The Lord's saying, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. The devil's saying, you can't, you can't, you can't. Okay? So the first thing he's saying here is be watchful. Discern those things. Get rid of them before they start. Because if you sit there and start meditating on it, that thing will try and get a stronghold in your life, create a pattern this summer in your life that it'll take you a while to shake. Why should you waste your time? See? I mean, why should you spend next fall trying to shake the stupid stuff the devil tried to put on you this summer? 
use this summer as an opportunity to get so full of him that, you know, none of that stuff is going to affect you because you discern it for it happens. The second thing, he says, strengthen the things that remain that are ready to die. Now, I know the devil's been pressing on some of you some things, and it's like, so here's, here's what the Lord's showing me in my heart. The devil's been talking to some of you saying, you need to not go to Youth Wave anymore. You, just, you don't need that anymore. You just need to stop going to Youth Wave. Because, I mean, you're so busy, and you have a job. And, and you know what? You need to strengthen the things that remain. You don't need to start chucking stuff that God's used to help you in your life. You need to begin adding to your life things that are going to help you and the things that are going to bless you. Okay? You need to get rid of those lies of the devil. See? Some of, the, some of you, the devil's been lying to you about Cindy and me. Cindy doesn't like me. Cindy doesn't, oh, Cindy, Cindy didn't say, I, Cindy said something mean. That's a lie. I see her on her knees praying for you, okay? You don't see that. I see that. I, see, I have to hold her in my arms as she cries and weeps over some of you. You don't see that. When she's here, she's in administrative mode, and she's like, okay, we've got to get this done. All right, do this, do that. Here we go. Hey, da, da. that's her gift from God. And if the devil takes that and twists it the wrong way and you go home and she's mad at me, it's a lie. Everybody has their different gifts and everybody acts differently. We've got we to gotta get a grip here and realize, hey, we're getting the job done and we're going for it and just kind of lighten up a little bit, you know? I mean, if you're walking around with a bunch of chips on your shoulders, some of them are going to fall off. True? So you're just going to have to relax a little bit. I love you guys. If I'm walking around and I look like a zombie, it's because, I mean, the Spirit of God is, like, pressing on me. And I've, you know, sometimes I get on my face before God, and I'm interceding for you guys. And I'm, you know, busting the devil in the head over you guys. And if I feel that before or after a service, you know, you're going to have to understand. I mean, if I don't, I'm not saying hi to you and I look like I'm under, it's probably because I am. All right? And some of the other leaders, too. You've got to realize this. We're in a spiritual warfare here, and every once in a while, we're not going to look like we came to the birthday party. All right? <laughs> and how do you get out of it? Well, you get out of it the same way. You know, you push through it, you pray through it, you use the joy of the Lord, you know, you stand up against the devil, and you know what? You come out of it, see? But you guys are going to have to strengthen the things that remain. What do you have now that's, that's important? What do you have now that's bearing fruit in your life? What do you have? What relationships do you have? What activities do you have that are building things on the inside of you? Strengthen those things. What friends do you have that have spoken into your life that have been an encouragement to you? Strengthen those things. See? Don't just lay off of them. I mean, some of you have friends that you only see during the school year. You need to get on the phone and call some of those people up because, man, they encouraged you. They lightened your load during the school year. You need to get a, get a hold of them and get connected with them. Some of you, you need to connect with some people that God wants to minister to them through you. And that's going to be the biggest rush you ever had. Better than any drug you could ever take. You know, you get on the phone, you start ministering to them, and man, it'll change their whole summer. And as a result of that, you'll go, you know what? God has called me. I mean, you'll be like David whenever you face the giant. I killed lions. I killed bears. I'm taking you out, Bubba. You know, I'm talking about this, you know, because this is so important. You guys, I mean, instead of sitting there at home just, you know, oh, I'm so depressed, oh, I'm so lonely, I have a large zit, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Come on, shake it off, get a hold of God, reach out and minister to somebody else, strengthen the things that remain. 
And the third and last thing he talks about, he said, I have not found your works perfect before God. Here's what, here's what you need to do. You need to perfect, develop, nurture, and mature your works before God. Over in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, it talks about uh, when Jesus comes back and all of our works are going uh, to be tried by fire. He said, the things that you've done that were gold, silver, and precious stones are going to withstand the fire. But the things that you've done that are wood, hay, and stubble, in other words, not eternal, they aren't going to withstand the fire. But the things that you have done are going to be proven in that fire. So what are you doing now? That's what he's talking about here when, he's, when I say perfect your works before God. What are you doing now that's of eternal value? Jesus, what he was called to do is build people. Jesus never built a building. Jesus never built a car. Jesus, you know, built furniture. But what his job was from God was to build people. He took 12 guys, changed their lives. They took over when he left, okay? He built people. What relationships do you have now are eternal? What are you doing with those relationships to build eternity, to build long-lasting uh, results in those other people's lives right now? Okay? Perfect your works. Are you a good influence or are you a bad influence? Are you drawing people closer to God or are you, uh, are you offending everybody you possibly can? You know, I mean, think about it. You know, what is your effect on other people? He said, I've not found your works perfect before God. He says, repent. Repent, change. I mean, what are we doing that's going to last? When we get to heaven, you know, what it's, you know that song, that old song? Was it Ray Bolt saying it? Thank you for giving to the Lord. You ever hear that song where the, the guy goes to heaven and all these people come up to him and said, wow, I mean, you know, uh, thanks. I mean, you taught my Sunday school class and wow, that one day when you said that prayer, I asked Jesus into my heart and now I'm saved and it's because of you. That's eternal. What are you doing that's eternal? See, you're reaching out to other people and you're giving and, uh, you know, those kinds of things that you do for the kingdom of God, those things are going to last forever. God doesn't forget that stuff. It lasts forever. So this is what I want to do. Encourage you this summer to do these three things. Number one, be watchful. Discern and recognize attacks of the devil when they come against you. And if you resist the devil, he will flee. All you got to do is say, loneliness in the name of Jesus, get out of my room. All you have to do is say, depression in the name of Jesus, get away from me. All you have to do is say, condemnation, you have no part in me. In Jesus' name, go. And it has to leave. It doesn't have a choice. That's number one, be watchful. Number two, strengthen the things that remain. All right? Cultivate the activities and the relationships that you have that are building you up and that are helping you. Don't just be lazy about it and let those things, you know, go aside. Grab hold of those things and make it happen. And then the third thing is perfect your works before God. Do some eternal things this summer, you know. I know some of you, I was talking to Abby. Where's Abby? She's over here. She's going on a, a Youth with a Mission uh, thing, a training thing here a little while. Are you going down to Mexico with that group? No, Abby. Okay, you going down for a couple of weeks to Mexico? Two weeks training, one week ministry. That's eternal stuff. You get involved in stuff like that, 
you know, get, get involved with your church, get involved. You know, we've got a bunch of interns coming in on Tuesday that are going to start getting involved, making some stuff happen, you know. God's moving this summer. God's doing some awesome things this summer. Get in on it. Do something that's going to last for eternity. You know, God's, God's looking for you. Don't go hiding in your room. Don't just be sitting there watching TV. Don't hide behind that TV set. God's saying, come on, it's time. It's time to get up. It's time to get going. It's time to get with it. Everybody stand up. You going to do it? All right, lift up your hands. We're going to pray. Say, God, in the name of Jesus, this summer is going to be the greatest summer that I've ever had. Give me the discernment I need to be watchful. Help me to strengthen the things that remain, the relationships, the activities, the involvements that I have. Help me strengthen those things. And God, in the name of Jesus, help me perfect what I do before you so that my works will be gold, silver, and precious stones. I'm going to help some people. I'm going to bless the world. I'm going to change my world. And it starts this summer. I'm going to pray more. I'm going to get in the Word more. I'm going to love people more. I'm going to be a blessing more. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm an overcomer. Nothing can hurt me. I cast out devils. I can do all things through Christ because He strengthens me. Now give the Lord a big shout of praise. Hallelujah! Woo! Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. God's doing it, guys. And it starts right now. Amen? It starts right now. Hallelujah. Well, it's coming. Spencer and Cindy Nordyke, Reaching Nations and Generations. For more information, visit nordikeministries.com.